0: Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you on the ground and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and that was our team in South Sudan, singing and worshiping as they prepare their hearts for Easter, the greatest celebration, as one of our team members shared. The lyrics read, we come together in the name of Jesus, and we sing because we are filled with joy. And this week, we truly are filled with joy because we're celebrating Easter. All around the world, Samaritan's Purse staff in various field offices are celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that you too are preparing your hearts for this great celebration. That hope is alive and Jesus rose from the dead. I had the opportunity to talk with our staff around the world, and I'm excited for you to hear directly from the team as they share their rich cultures, traditions, and liturgical practices that they recognize during the Easter season. It was powerful to hear that even though traditions are different, the reason that we celebrate is the same, and I know you'll be encouraged by their testimonies, and I hope that it helps you intentionally prepare for this year's Easter celebration.
1: I'm Mark Bennett. I'm an Australian. You might pick that up from my strange accent. Um, I'm here in South Sudan, in Juba, uh, as the country director, and I've been here for almost four years. I'm Matthew.
2: Uh, I have the privilege of being the country director here in Iraq.
3: I'm Sarah Nauri, Matthew's wife. Uh, currently, I'm serving as a communications um, officer with Samaritan's first.
4: My name is Ndaganash Nafi. And I work with Samaritan Spurs in Ethiopia.
0: Even in the midst of a very difficult year, each of these cultures has distinct historical biblical ways that they continue to remember and celebrate Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. It's been a challenging year, and for many of our field teams, the difficulty isn't COVID, it's displacement, conflict, and famine. Since February, in Ethiopia, Samaritan's Purse has been providing emergency rapid response programming for the Tigray region because of an internal conflict that's left nearly 600,000 people displaced and in need of basic necessities.
4: Um, because of uh, the conflict, a lot of uh, services, income-generating activities for local communities have uh, completely collapsed. And Samaritans First was one of the first ones that landed in, in Mekele, uh, the capital of the region, and started providing food assistance, nutrition assistance. Um, and now we are uh, adding on to that a shelter uh, program that provides um, transitional temporary shelter to displaced communities inside Tigray.
0: In South Sudan, we see political conflict, drought, famine, and violence. They're all contributing to a massive crisis. Nearly two-thirds of their entire population is starving and looking for hope.
1: Well, Samaritan's Purse has been here in South Sudan since, since before 1993. Mm-hmm. And we've had, so we've had a long engagement here. Uh, we've covered areas such as medical care. We've been involved when the country transitioned to an independent country in 2011. But um, for the last, I guess, for the last seven or eight years, we've been very much engaged with caring for refugees, with distributing food as part of the World Food Programme, care for people in the country. Uh, South Sudan has been a a country in crisis for a very long time, and uh, the needs remain quite significant. We, We cover lots of different areas, food security, water and sanitation, nutrition, medical care, and uh, working with our churches to be a central part of their communities.
0: In the Middle East, Iraqis are continuing to face turmoil as well. Samaritan's Purse is witnessing God move in difficult times.
2: It's been a tough year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been a year of uh, felt isolation Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a confusing year. I think in, in trying to lead, uh, it's been a very vulnerable year for me personally. Um, uh, not having a lot of answers has it's, it's a really uncomfortable, um, feeling. I won't say that it's a new feeling. Um, but, but more so it's just more often I'm just having to kind of level with the team and say, you know, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, we're in this together. So it's, it's been, um, a very stressful year, new stresses, not being able to. I mean, we're a very relational office, so it's uh, been really hard not to be able to gather and be together. Um, we've had significant access issues in Iraq, haven't been able to secure visas to get to our work sites. And, uh, and so God is moving. Um, despite the pandemic, as we know, um, and, and so it's been that that has been what's kind of refueled our tanks or kept winning our sails is just seeing the Holy Spirit move in Iraq in really unique ways. And I, and I think it, it's personally been a reminder to me that um, salvation, um, the, the kingdom of God growing is truly God's work. Mm -hmm. In a year that we could not humanly get to a lot of our beneficiaries and a lot of our program sites, God did what only he could do. So it's been a reminder to our team that uh, uh, he is in the business of revealing himself and sharing truth, his, his truth.
0: Just like Matt said, God is continuing to draw people to himself, and we are called to remember his promises and what he's done. In this Easter season, despite hardships, these countries are continuing to celebrate Christ's sacrifice with rich tradition and liturgical practices. Indigna grew up in Ethiopia in an evangelical family, and Easter was full of reverent and biblical customs.
4: The lead up to Easter in many evangelicals is, is full of uh, songs, hymns, worship, getting together uh, for prayer. And uh, there is uh, usually an all-night prayer in many evangelical churches uh, across Ethiopia during the Easter uh, celebration. So they generally in Ethiopia, Ethiopians are very religious uh, people. Over 65% of Ethiopians are cons- consider themselves Christians. Um, uh, most Christians in Ethiopia are of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. That's the Eastern Orthodox uh, branch. Uh, and so for many in Ethiopia, there is um, Lent, the, the fasting, uh, the 55-day fasting. Each of these days are also broken down with different uh, biblical verses for prayer and for uh, uh, for worship. Uh during this fasting period, uh, you have all sorts of uh, fasting traditions as well. In the Ethiopian Orthodox tradition, um, a group usually goes without food until daily prayers, which starts around 2 two thirty 30 p.m. and could go up to uh, 3, 3.30. That's a daily uh, practice for many Ethiopian Orthodox believers. Uh but the predominant majority goes through the 55-day Lent with no fat or milk products. So it's like the vegan uh, style. Uh, And so part of that is is in remembrance of what Jesus went through, uh, his time on earth, the suffering. Um, It all comes to bringing that um, um, thought, that uh, understanding that Jesus went through Uh, uh, difficulties just before uh, he was crucified.
0: To get context to how Iraqi Christians have historically celebrated Easter, I spoke with Wissam, a national staff member who is the area coordinator for Mosul. So Easter, we call
5: it, you know, there's a Christmas and Easter. We call the Easter the big uh, celebration. So it's a big event of course i mean not in just in our community in in the entire world but we call it big celebration because it's 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 great so celebration in our church is it's not only one day but it's it's uh, seven days so the the it's a full week of prayers in the church mm-hmm. uh we start practicing uh fasting mm-hmm. 40 days prior to the easter and then you know there's a there's a there's a prayers at the church every day uh, early morning and there's there's another one at the uh, afternoon for the covid for the for last year and this year there's less gathering in our churches but like still i mean i mean still those those prayers going on during you know during whole time of the 40 days A big march of 20,000 people walk in in one road and walking, circling around around the community. So it's it's between three to four hours of prayers. People holding uh, uh, branches of uh, palm palm branches in their hands, wearing traditional clothing. People are happy, people are singing like for three hours. There's a different worship, there's different songs that you know, are fun. People are you know, lifting arms, clapping. We have big speakers and people circling around, um, around the community and then we gather in one place where, yeah, where the head of the church gives a speech, talk to the people, give some encouragement and then everybody pray and then they leave home. So it's a very special day. So it's a full forty days of people that dedicate themselves to, you know, like prayer and remember, you know, like why Jesus went through the route of the we call it Juljuta. So the route of the to the,
4: cross.
5: to the cross. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing. it's, it's a lot of prayers in the church.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love it and I love the reverence and just preparing you know there's so many scriptures saying incline my heart towards you you know prepare me and it sounds like that's what you all do it's like you you prepare yourselves to remember and celebrate um what Jesus did for us and I think sometimes we lose that here and that's why I wanted to hear because I think sometimes in the United States it's become so commercial and it is a government holiday it is something we we all recognize as a country but not truly for the right reasons. And it sounds like yours are a little more purposeful. I love hearing how Samaritan's Purse national staff celebrates Easter. But I was also curious to know the traditions that our international staff have adapted into their families. So I just want to know from each of you, you know, how um, you maybe celebrated Easter growing up and then now how you currently celebrate it and you've adapted, you know, customs and liturgical practices there in Iraq.
3: I think that's a great question, Christy, especially for Iraq. Um, Matthew and I, we both grew up as pastor's kids. And so, you know, our memories are getting up early, sometimes going to the sunrise service, mm-hmm. um, headed to church, and then having a nice meal with our family. And of course, chocolate bunnies mm-hmm. and Easter egg hunts. And, you know, it's very typical American traditions that were very, um, you know, just centered right around your immediate church family and Um, Those are special things to us. So we still incorporate some of those with our kids here. Um, But Iraq celebrates Easter. So one of the things our family has done is that the culture here, they love to picnic more than anybody that we've ever met. When I say picnic, I know most Americans are probably going to think throw a blanket on the grass and have a sandwich. But (laughs) here, picnicking is an all-day event where they're cooking over open fires, they're dancing, they're singing. Um, At times in the springtime, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. outside picnicking. Um, And so even their definition of picnicking is a new level. Mm -hmm. And so one of our family's favorite things in our little house church, we go to a house church here, um, but we love to go out and have a picnic um, and just spend all day out in creation, celebrating um, springtime and new life. And that's been a really special thing for us to adopt since, since we've come here.
0: In South Sudan, Mark shared that their Easter traditions are focused on community, giving gifts, hosting Easter church services, preparing big meals, and performing reenactments of Palm Sunday. When I asked him how he incorporated some of these traditions in his own family, I was amazed that he said it's not just South Sudanese traditions that he's brought in, but amidst his staff, there are traditions from eleven different nationalities, and so he has an eclectic way to celebrate. I know we're focusing on South Sudan, but being from Australia, would you mind sharing maybe how you celebrated Easter growing up, and and what traditions maybe you still you know keep, but now you've added obviously some with this, with the people you work with in South Sudan.
1: We we have uh, eleven different nationalities mm-hmm. on our team living on base. So we have Kenyans, Ugandans, Ethiopians, South African, one Scottish chap, two Australians, maybe five or six Americans, Mm. a few Indians, Nepalese, Zimbabwean, Filipino. So we have quite a cross-section of people. So um, maybe for myself as an Australian, we would certainly have had a, a Good Friday service and our church, the tradition in Australia is that the church uh, is made very bare and bland for a good Friday service. And then for a Sunday service, it would be filled with flowers and uh, there would be a maybe a, a, an Easter egg hunt for children and Sunday would be a, a big day of celebration and then a time where families would have a, have a meal together. Mm. Trying to interpret what we might do in South Sudan um a lot of our uh, staff who live on base, we have we have nearly 30 people who are living on our base. We want to try and make sure that, at least at Easter, everybody uh, has the opportunity to share something of their own tradition mm-hmm. and share something together for that Easter. Mm-hmm. On either Good Friday or Easter Saturday, we might have something called a, a Christian Passover meal in that it reminds a family or it reminds a group of people coming together of what God had done for his people in rescuing them from Egypt. There, there are some nice um, passages that uh, the Jewish people read together as they celebrate Passover, reminding them that they are God's chosen people, reminding them that God has rescued them from Egypt, reminding them that the Egyptians gave them a blessing as they left. Reminding them that they were brought out of slavery, and that God parted the sea for them, and that He fed them in the wilderness, and that He had a plan for them, and in in some of the same way we can do that by reminding one another of what God did by sending His Son Jesus, what He did for us in in um, putting aside His will and bearing the cross and suffering for us, and then the resurrection being a day of great celebration where we remind one another that God has called us to be his children and to enter into his rest and his blessing uh, together with him. So we're thinking that we will, we maybe will have a, 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 um, a Passover meal together. We thought we might have breakfast together on the rooftop uh, as the sun rises and uh, remind one another of the joy that we share together uh, through the resurrection.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. And that's why I love how your office, you know, 11 nationalities represented in your office, like how beautiful that you can all bring um, celebrations in ways that you have remembered. While each of these cultures celebrate differently, the reason why they celebrate is the same. Through their suffering, pain, hardship, and trials, Christians around the world are looking to Easter as a beacon of hope. I love Hebrews 4.15 that says, For we do not have a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. We have a high priest who understands, who has walked, who who knows what we're facing. I also love 1 Peter 2.24. And he himself brought our sins in his body up on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. Our God understands. He sympathizes with our suffering, and he came to do something about it. By his wounds, we are healed. That gives hope, even when our circumstances here on earth don't.
1: It's interesting what you were just saying there, that uh, uh, at Easter, we can remind each other that we have a hope beyond mm-hmm. what we see here and now. But and what what we have now is, is not something to be satisfied with. I think for many South Sudanese, they don't need to be convinced of that because what they have here and now is -hmm. not something to celebrate. It's something to mourn over. Mm -hmm. It's something to cry out that this is not enough. This is not uh, where my hope lies. And so for South Sudanese people and South Sudanese Christians, Easter then becomes an important beacon of hope for the future. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's more real to people here uh, when uh, when they look around them, they they can't be satisfied with their daily life. They can't be satisfied with with what they find in front of them as being um, a source of hope. Their hope their hope lies elsewhere, and they long for a future where there might be some blessing. And mm-hmm. so Easter is a great opportunity to remind us of God's promises that they're sure, and that we can put our hope and faith in that. Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, South Sudanese people, right at this moment, they wonder, will, will peace come to my country? Will peace be here for us at some point? Will we be able to celebrate the, the joy of having our own country and living in peace? And uh, I think the, the Christian message and the Easter message is yes to those things, um, but maybe not peace and goodwill uh, in South Sudan, but maybe what God has promised us. The hope and joy that we have in the resurrection through Jesus. So um, maybe maybe that's a good thing to pray for South Sudan. That Easter is a time to remind them that God has a plan, that God has rescued us, and that He longs to bring us into His kingdom and to to take the blessing, uh, the, like the wedding banquet. Uh, he He longs to celebrate with us. Mm-hmm. And yet, yep. even in this this war torn, broken country. Um, we have something to long for and look forward to in what Jesus has done.
2: The roots of Christianity mm-hmm. in Iraq run really deep. This time of Easter, you can just feel everybody's spirit picks up because we do. We, we you know, despite all the difficulties and the challenges, um, the terrorism that's very real all around us, um, it's just a season that we're reminded to pick our eyes up and look to Jesus Mm-hmm. and and we know who has the victory in the end. Mm-hmm. And there's days here that we just feel like um Satan is winning to be honest, but but we all know as Christians that um Jesus Christ will return and we know that he has the victory in the end. And so that's that's what this Easter um is about is just reminding ourselves to look up to Jesus mm-hmm. our our hope.
3: It's such a time of hope and healing that um The church, at least for us, um, they're just excited um, to focus again on resurrection. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, of course, for COVID, although that's been most real to them. But, um, you know, it's been about seven years since ISIS first came on the scene, and it's been a really hard seven years. And I think that now, as we're starting to kind of feel like maybe we're starting to look up over COVID and see something in the future, um... I think there's
0: just a sense of hope and expectation. Like I mentioned earlier, for many people around the world, COVID is not the main source of tragedy that they're facing. However, through their pain and suffering, they're rejoicing as Christ is their source of hope and healing. Samaritan's Purse has the opportunity to partner with local churches all over the world, and they see Christians worship Jesus even in the midst of their suffering. When I talked to Wiesam, he talked about how COVID wasn't the first time that they weren't able to meet corporately as a church. After ISIS came through their community and killed thousands of people, burned many churches, their church went dark for three years. For three years, they weren't able to meet corporately as a church body, but their prayers and faith continued. There are believers, like Wiesam mentioned, all over the world that face ongoing persecution and they have to gather in small groups rather than corporate worship in fear for their lives. As Samaritan's Purse continues to work in these countries, I asked them how we could support them through prayer in this Easter season.
4: There's so much that we can pray for, uh, for Ethiopia and believers in Ethiopia. I think the most important around Easter for, for prayer is for the truth of what Christ did on the cross and the power of the resurrection to be preached in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. Um, Ethiopia has over the years become a very divided, ethnically and religiously divided country. And so what we want is the true gospel that uh, brings healing, that brings unity, uh, that brings uh, mutual understanding and respect uh, to, to prevail. And for churches, to be um, to be the voice mm-hmm. to that true gospel, uh, the true um, price that was paid on the cross uh, for eternal life and for unit for uh, reunion with with the broken relationship that we had with God. I think that would be the most important. Uh, the second prayer, I, I believe, is for Samaritans first, and the staff here in Ethiopia. Uh, we are growing. We are growing fast. Um, God has provided a number of opportunities for us where others were not allowed. Uh, this is truly uh, God's work. And so for us to continue to serve the Lord with full heart and full energy and commitment uh, so that um, we provide the physical needs of people with the spiritual values that we bring So it's not just food and shelter and nutrition that we are providing, but we are providing it because uh, we love God. And that is what God would do. And for people to see that through us so that Christ is continuously and fully revealed in the work that we do. We pray, get together and talk about um, Ethiopian issues in the social, political, economic areas, and there is an agreement amongst all of us that the solution is the gospel, and the solution is Jesus.
1: Pray for us that that we could we could make that hope real to the people that we work with, that we could demonstrate to people that we do have a joy in our heart that drives us on, and that we want to bring people into that joy and celebration that Jesus has for us, even when, uh, even when things around them seem so broken and maybe at times so hopeless. There is a hope we can cling on to, and Easter is the reminder of that hope. As a prayer, by
2: way of prayer, I would just ask um, that our team would be faithful uh, in this season. God's given us a huge responsibility um, to be his hands and his feet mm. in the Middle East and we, uh, our deepest desire is to stand before Jesus one day and have him say, well done, mm-hmm. my good and faithful servant. And so uh, that's not an easy task. And it's one that we need his daily pouring into uh, our lives. And so I would just ask that people pray that we would be faithful with this responsibility, the awesome opportunity that we have to be Jesus here in the Middle East.
0: I want you to be reminded this Easter season that around the world, Christians are joining together to remember by his wounds, we are healed. Easter brings hope and it brings awareness that although our circumstances might be hard, we might be isolated this year, we are not alone. We worship a living and risen Savior who reigns and who rules in our hearts. And so I pray that hearing these voices and hearing these believers all over the world encourages you that Easter is worth celebrating and it's not just one day, it is a hope and a victory that we have each and every day. And so for continued encouragement, we compiled a list of verses. They focus on Easter and it's a free downloadable PDF. It's so beautiful. I hope that you'll print it out and keep it somewhere, your cubicle, your your mirror at home, somewhere that you look often to be reminded that God sent His Son Jesus as an atonement for our sins so that we could be saved. And that gives us hope and allows us to be an aroma of Christ to all that we see each and every day, not just Easter. So again, if you want to print that out, go to the show notes at ontheground.samaritanspurse.org. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed and happy Easter. May God bless you.